guys, gals, we, the, they, them, whatever makes you feel sexy. Girl B here, back at you with episode 12 of Strip It Down, entitled Fools Rush In. So I've decided that I would try to focus on recording more real-time audio on like the way to or from work, just so I can recall funny or interesting events that I want to talk about as they're unfolding. This particular night, my rant focuses on a large group of college fraternity rushes and the hilarity and aggravation that ensues from their immaturity and lack of experience in the club. I want to also say that I have actually finally gotten my audio software up and running, and I'm really trying to improve the quality of my cast sound, Um, but this episode was particularly tricky because it was pouring down rain outside, like literally could barely see out my window, it was so bad. So I had a lot of background noise to remove, and I tried my best to make it to where you could hear me, but it's definitely not perfect. So this has been the worst episode to try to edit for sure, but your girl is trying. But anyways, on to the good stuff. The saying fools rush in is a shorter nod to the phrase fools rush in or angels fear to dread. This was first written by Alexander Pope in his 1711 poem, An Essay on Criticism. The phrase alludes to inexperienced or rash people attempting things that more experienced people tend to avoid. It has since entered the general English dialogue as an idiom. This is an interestingly appropriate description of this episode's theme. Fraternities accept new members through a two-part process called rushing and pledging. During rush, potential members attend social events to get to know more about their prospective houses and let current members get to know them. If they're accepted and they want to join, then they pledge, which begins with a probationary period. Pledging a fraternity or a sorority can even increase your chances of completing a degree. 71% of Greeks graduate versus only 50% of non-Greeks. Fraternity rushes tend to be new and young college students that are trying to affiliate with a strong entity rooted in tradition and influence. They often look to the Greek life to provide structure and opportunity and networking prospects for their current situation, but more so for their future. The statistics support this expectation. An impressive 85% of executives at Fortune 500 companies call fraternities home during college. Of the nation's 50 largest corporations, 43 of them are headed by fraternity members. Since 1910, 40 of the 47 U.S. Supreme Court justices were fraternity men, and 70% of all, 76% of all congressmen and senators belong to a fraternity. Critics of the Greek system would allege that nepotism and favoritism is rampant for frat or sorority members later in life. Bloomberg found that frat connections were incredibly influential when seeking employment at top Wall Street financial firms. According to this 2013 report, alumni were even known to frequently use secret frat handshakes at meetings and appointments in these businesses. But if the business affiliations alone were not enough to catch a student's attention, the legacy might be. 18 former U.S. presidents, or whopping 69% of them, have been fraternity members. And if the Oval Office is not impressive enough, what about the stars? The first man to walk on the moon was a frat. Neil Armstrong took his walk on the lunar surface on July 21, 1969, as part of the Apollo 11 mission. He had pledged to the Phi Delta Theta fraternity at Purdue University just nine years earlier in 1960. And like Neil, Han Solo was a space traveler, but he has something else in common with some pretty notable characters. Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan, and Rick Deckard. They're all characters played by Harrison Ford, who was a member of the Sigma Nu fraternity in Ripton College. Other members of Sigma Nu include Paul Rudd, Bob Barker, Western novelist Zane Gray, and Counting Crow singer Adam Duritz. Sigma Nu's motto is excelling with honor, and it definitely seems like they live up to this expectation. All these amazing resources and connections make being a member of the Greek life very appealing, but there is a darker side to this type of life. 
Research consistently shows that Greek life involvement leads to a heightened risk of alcohol and drug abuse, to the point that 25% of colleges in two recently researched states have had to outright bar participants from drinking just to keep them academically on track. This hindrance holds more influence over Greek academics. Only 25% of college students reported doing poorly on a project or a test as a result of alcohol, but Greek involvement increased that number to up to 50%, which shows a clear and unfortunate correlation between Greek life and academic or substance abuse struggles. It's not just the pledges themselves that could be affected by their involvement in a fraternity. Research has shown that fraternity men are at a greater risk for committing sexual assault, especially due to their alcohol consumption, and have more controlling sexual outlooks and disrespectful attitudes towards women. According to research from the journal Sex Roles, individual fraternity men are more likely to display objectifying images of women in their rooms, have supportive attitudes about rape, and to believe that women want to engage in rough sexual acts even if they act as interested in them. All of this information combines to paint a very interesting and informative picture of the potential pupils that fraternities are shaping, both for the immense good and the hypothetical bad. The relevance this has to do with the club is that I got to experience firsthand the variance that can exist within the same fraternity, changing drastically from rush to rush, and how interesting it was to observe some of the potential leaders of our economy and or even our country behaving true to their real characters when they think that it didn't really matter. We are only strippers after all, right? <laughs> Sometimes I think that we are some of the few individuals that get to see people in their true selves. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but almost never boring. So join me on my rainy way home from work where I talk about my night with the fools that rushed in. Let's strap up and strip it down. Okay, I am leaving work, and you'll have to forgive the sound. It is pouring down rain, um, so it's loud in my car. Um, but I'm leaving work. Oh, what a what a long, long night. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was fairly standard. The beginning of the night was fairly standard. Um, the usual stuff, whatever. Um, but I haven't worked in like a week. <clears throat> so my body is very angry at me right now because I overexerted myself on stage. Um, for no good reason, really. But, um, I'm recording because I'm a funny, like a funny story, I guess, that, um, I guess about 1230 tonight, um, a huge crowd of guys came in and I mean, probably God, probably 80 to a hundred guys all came in at once. They were like on a party bus or something. Um, and they all came in and they were infants. I mean, the story that they were all giving was they, they were a fraternity. So it was a fraternity at Emory and they were rushing. They were rushing all the new rushes, you know, rushes, so they were taking them out. And I, I asked a couple of them, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, when you're a rush, you're like a freshman, right? And they're like, not always, but usually, yeah. And in my head, I'm sitting there going, if you're a freshman in college, you are not 21. <laughs> like, how are these boys in here? So there's that. Um, I don't know if they had big IDs or what they're, you know, because my club is pretty they're pretty on that. They're pretty strict. So I don't really know what the story is. Or maybe they were old enough. They just seemed 12. I don't know. 
Um, you know, because people tell me I look young all the time. And I feel like more often than not, it's just to flatter me. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it doesn't flatter me. I don't care that I'm older. Um, but whatever. So, I'm, But I am used to people like always thinking I'm younger and it being kind of annoying because I'm like, no, I'm a grown adult. Thank you. But so there was a ton of, I mean, oh my God, there's been a freaking plague of, let's just say 21 year old dumbass guys. And I already don't really like dancing for young guys as it is. I mean, I'll do it on occasion, you know, especially on the weekends, you know, you have more younger of a crowd. So you kind of have to bite the bullet and do it a little bit. But this was like too fucking much. And the club was dead at this point in the night. It was pretty slow. So these are like the only customers and there's a lot of them. So all of us are kind of like, let's try to, let's try to work this, you know, let's try to make this work for us. Um, but it's very hard when you're dealing with guys that just are pussy blind. I mean, they're just, they're just idiots. They see a couple of titties and they just lose their mind. And I'm just like, how the fuck are you a grown ass man and you can't keep your composure just because there's a naked woman near you? But I forget that, you know, people have to mature in their own time and a lot of people don't. So it's really difficult because, I mean, guys are grabbing me left and right. Hey, I want to dance. Hey, I want to dance. Hey, I want to dance. But every single one of them, it's a freaking pulling teeth to one get paid you know because they don't want to even give you ten dollars and i'm getting paid up front from these guys for sure um and two you know them being really needy of like oh well let me see what you've got and then i'll pay you you know like i gotta prove something to them like that's why i'm still on dancing for young guys because i you know i don't give a fuck what you think i'm not i don't i don't care like you don't think i'm good enough or hot enough or doing enough for you cool go find someone else like i don't know what to tell you but they're the only customers in the club, trying to raise some money. So I'm trying, I'm trying to deal with this. Um, and then there's the second angle of them just not listening. I know I personally, along with every other girl in there, was telling them nonstop, there's no touching, no touching. When I'm naked, you cannot touch me. And yet, you know, they still, it's like, I don't know if they just literally are not paying attention because they're too distracted by me being sexy. I don't know if they just don't give a fuck and just do it anyway. I mean, it's a combination, I'm sure. Uh, but most of it is them just fucking not giving a shit and not taking it seriously, not taking my boundaries seriously. You know, I just one this one kid, I sat him down and I was like, listen, you know, I want to give you the best dance I can possibly give you. But when I am naked, I am not allowed to touch you, and you are not allowed to touch me. Do you understand that? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, so you know, you cannot touch me when I'm naked. And he goes, yes. And I said, okay. Now, if you sit still, I can give you a really good dance. I can get very, very close to you and make it as good as humanly possible if you sit still. But if you start trying to grab me or start being handsy, I'm going to have to move away because I can't let you touch me. Do you understand? Yes. And I mean, I literally went through this conversation with uh, multiple guys. 
There's one in particular. Yes, okay. Music starts. I literally take my top off and instantly both hands grab titty. My full, full on titty grab. Both hands. And I was like, dude, you know, I stepped back and I was like, hey, I was like, what did we just discuss? And he was like, oh yeah, but like, come on, like, you can, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, I didn't say that for my fun, for my help. Those are the rules, dude. I'm like, it's not me. And he goes, oh, if I had a dime for every girl in here that told me that, that it's not their fault, it's the rules. And I'm like, it is the rules. You see that sign on the wall that says it? Like, those are the rules. We're not just being bruised and being no fucking fun. Like, you're getting a $10 lap dance. Like, shut the fuck up, sit down, and keep your hands to yourself. You know? Like, it's so frustrating and so insulting. I'm like, in my club, in my city, it is full nude, full bar, and $10. And it's so fucking frustrating because you gotta work three times as hard to make any kind of money and then guys want to bitch and moan about how they can't touch or you can't grind or they can't do this or they can't do that and I'm like wham boo fucking who okay you're paying 10 bucks so you know gave me a whole story about how he was from New Jersey and New, New Jersey they can touch and I said okay well first of all it's not New Jersey Second of all, I said, do they have alcohol? He goes, no. I said, okay, cool. Are they full of news? He goes, no. But what is your fucking answer? So I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's the state's rules, not mine, the city. It is what it is. Do you want that answer or not? You know? Uh, and they continue to buy dancers, but it would continue to be a struggle the entire time. Every single one of them. Over and over and over again. I mean, I think I did like five dances before I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm fucking done with this. Because at some point, for your own mental health, you have to kind of say enough's enough. You know, you have to draw the line somewhere. Like, yeah, I'm trying to make money, but it's taking me 15, 20 minutes to get $10 out of each one of these guys because of this bullshit. And it's just not worth me getting upset and annoyed and all of that over. And just when I was losing all hope, completely, this one young gentleman walks up to me, and he's like, hi, and introduced himself, and I said, hello, and he's like, I'm really sorry to bother you, because I was talking to one of the other girls, he's like, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but I think you're really beautiful, and I've watched you dance, and I think you are a nice dancer, and would you please come give me a dance? And I'm like, uh, um, and he goes, all I have is a $50 bill but you're welcome to have it all. I just want one good dance and a few minutes of your time. And I'm like, fuck yeah, all right. So he's over in the corner, talk for like a song. He tells me his name and he's a senior and very a very sweet boy. <laughs> and I asked him, you know, since he was the only one that had any wits about it, I was like, so what's the deal with all this? Like, why, why did y'all all come in here, like, missing on, like, a Thursday night? Wednesday night, sorry. And he was like, so, this is basically what we do with the rushes. We get all the rushes, and we take them out to a strip club to see how they act. Because if they can't handle their shit, being their alcohol, or 
um, you know, they see a vagina and they lose their mind. You know, if they can't handle their themselves and they can't pull any pussy and impress the girls, why would we want them in our fraternity? And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of brilliant, actually. Like, I've got to give you a small amount of kudos that I see what you're going for. Like, you're right. If you bring in this freshman boy and he fucking pukes all over himself or pees all over himself, how are you going to have a a party with him, you know, at the house? He's going to be a a pain in the ass. If he loses his mind the first pair of titties he sees, how are y'all going to, you know, go out and try to help each other wingman and all that because he has no backbone? Um, if he pisses off the girls and makes them not want to hang out with him, you obviously don't want him at your, your frat house. So I've got to give him credit that, like, that's a very creative way to kind of rule through these guys and give them a little bit of a test of if you want them in your house or not. So I actually was pretty um, entertained by that. So that was cool. Um, and then, you know... The next song started, and I said, okay, I'm going to dance for you now. And I told her the same spiel. I was like, look, you know, you've been really sweet and really cool, and I want to let you know that I'm actually a really good dancer, and I will really try to give you a good dance, but I need you to sit still, and then I can get close to you. Do you know what I mean? And he was like, yeah, I completely understand. Sat there, perfect gentleman, very excited, very, I could tell he was enjoying it very much, but he kept his hands to himself, gave, you know, did a great dance, he had already given me the 50. Like, he literally gave it to me when I walked over. And I was like, are you sure you don't want me to dance for you again? And he's like, daddy goes, no, man, you know, I really appreciate you. Have a great night. And it was like, you know, that's why it's so important for us to not lose our minds sometimes. I had every single right and every single reason to just go off the fucking deep end Bitch and moan, like they fuck all these dumbass boys. I mean, I have every right to do that and every reason to, but he kind of turned that around. It was, it, you know, the cliche of it only takes one, but it really does only take one. I made just as much with him as I did in the past, you know, 45 minutes, and he was cool and it was fine. And I would have never known that if I had gone to the bath, stomping and pissing and moaning. And bitching about the guys, which, you know, we all wanted to do. I would have never found him. I would have never made $50. And my night would have been even shittier, you know? So, even this old stripper can be humbled sometimes and reminded that, you know, you never know. And you got to always push through to the end and just see what you got. Because you, you never know, right? I mean, you just, you really don't. Um, there's something else I wanted to say and now I can't remember um, oh gosh so I, I remember like the second or third guy I danced for I was already really annoyed and he was just giving me the, such a hard time trying to touch me just, you know, oh come on girl come on girl show me what you got show me what you got and I said, how old are you? And he goes, 22. And I said, okay. And I was like, well, I'm a little older than you, and I've been around the block a couple times. 
And he was like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. And I was like, honey, I was born in the 80s. I'm 30. And he's like, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I am. I have no reason to lie to you. And he's like, okay, so say you are. What's your point? And I'm like, what's my point? I said, are you housebroken? And he goes, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And I said, then there's my answer. No, you're not housebroken. And I walked away. And I, I could see he was so confused and kind of like annoyed, but more confused. And it's funny because there really wasn't a point to that. I mean, I, I, what I meant is that like, you know, do, do you have manners? Do you know how to treat a woman? You know, do you have your shit together? And that was kind of my funny way of putting that, but that didn't make any sense. And he wouldn't have known that. Nobody probably would have known that, but I just wanted to give him a hard time because he was giving me a hard time. The same kid came over to me on stage when I was on my main set and had one dollar bill in his hand and he was just so proud of it, was just waving around. He's like, Oh, do something cool, do something cool and I'm like, Alright. I said, I'm gonna do something that you can do and if I do you're gonna tip me really well. At least five dollars. And he goes, Alright, go ahead. I do a twisted grip, Keisha into a pencil, into an iron X. It's pretty hard. And this pudgy ass motherfucker has the audacity to be like, eh, I can do that. And I literally looked at him and I said, honey, you can't do a pull up. Give me the money. <laughs> and his friends were like, oh, oh, he was, I mean, he was pissed and they wouldn't hit me, but his friends thought it was so fucking funny that they, they hit me. Um, you know, that's probably not always the most mature way for me to be, and I need to be maybe a little more gracious sometimes, but sometimes you're just over it. Sometimes you're just over people acting better than you, acting like you owe them something. I owe you entertainment, and that's what I'm doing. I'm dancing. I'm nude. You're watching. You're entertained. You need to be tipping. And I don't owe you anything other than that. And it's not your opinion of if I'm working hard enough. That's not how this works. I'm working hard enough. I'm working. That's it. You know, you don't you don't go into Subway and order a sandwich and then decide at the end, like, oh, well, you know, I think you could have made my sandwich better. You could have put a little more bacon on there. You could put a little more cheese on there, even though that's against the rules. And because you didn't, I'm not going to pay for the sandwich, but you're still going to give it to me. And that sounds like a silly analogy, but if you really think about it, it's exactly the same. Same concept, anyway. Oh, I want you to come in and, you know, I want to come in and I want you to give me a better dance. You know, I want you to break the rules. I want you to do more for me. And I want to pay you the same amount or less. And if I don't approve or don't think you did a good enough job, then I just won't pay you or don't, you know, whatever. And that's not how that works. You want a service? I get paid. End of story. If you're not satisfied, take it up with the manager. I don't know what to tell you. Go pull a Karen and ask with the manager if you didn't like it, you know. And, you know, if you tell him that you didn't like it because I wouldn't let you touch me, he's going to fucking laugh at you. And then I'm going to laugh at you, and it's going to be great. <laughs> so there's no point, as usual. It's just a fun, it's my work story. It's my work, my evening. Um, I decided I was going to kind of start trying to do more of these because, 
Uh, I know I make my episodes so structured and so like, you know, of a theme and all this and everything. And I enjoy doing that from a technical standpoint, but I think it's also important to sometimes kind of wing it and need to be organic and need just to kind of talk about my night, you know, in the moment to kind of give you guys a better idea of what it's like and what it's not like and things that happen and all that. So, um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start kind of trying to record a little bit more like this. So it might be a little more kind of off the collar, but I hope you guys at least can laugh and get something out of it because I did. And, um, yeah. Alright guys, so thanks again for joining me this week. A little bit of fun facts and fun stories. Um, I'm beyond humbled and excited that anybody actually wants to listen to my ramblings, but I'm grateful and I hope that you guys will continue to do so. And don't worry, it's not going to be raining in next week's episode, so you can actually hear me. (laughs) Um, But please, please be sure to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review the show. And also don't forget that you guys can call in to be a part of the show, and I might feature your question or comment on an upcoming episode. You just go to anchor.fm slash bstripsitdown slash message and leave it there for me. Or you can email me at bstripsitdown at outlook.com or on Instagram or Facebook. But until next time, drink more water, have more sex, and go the fuck to sleep.